Hi, and welcome back to Beer with Jesus with Denise and Rob. I am still drinking the Brew Dog, the Wake Up Call. I love it. It tastes just like coffee, and I just had a blueberry muffin, so it goes perfect with that. And I'm drinking our first listener donated beer. It's from Hoof Hearted Brewing Company. It's Conky Dong. It's a double IPA. Thank you, Tony Sawyer or Lord Anthony, TSAV, whatever we want to call you. I appreciate it. It's it's very good. It's it's a stellar beer. I highly rate it. It's so good they ran out of cans, so he brought me a crowler of it. So it's pretty good. Start off, you chose this topic. I chose the love your enemies because people that we deal with on a daily basis and there's just certain people you just find yourself drawing you to anger. And what does the Bible say about people who anger you or even your enemies? I mean, maybe someone's wronged you so bad that you just wrote them off. And the Bible has a lot of scripture to say about that. Matthew 5.44 Jesus actually said, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So, it's easy for us to act out in anger. It's easy for us to ignore their existence. But it's very hard to pray for them. But through that prayer, it may soften the heart of that person. And make them a better person. And in turn, it teaches us humility and really makes us reflect. I mean, living in sin, we're we are God's enemy. But he still loved us through. So that's how I'll start off. I don't know what you've got. I'm gonna start off reading Luke six, twenty seven to thirty six. Jesus teaches about loving enemies. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend them to without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you'll be children of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your father is merciful. So, I think this is kind of one of them subjects. It's like, man, you always have somebody at some point we don't jive with. You know, be it personality differences, ethnic differences, social status differences. Political differences, there's a lot of that. You see a lot of arguments on Facebook. 
or even just the hierarchy of leadership slash power of where you work. You might clash with the boss or people with lower seniority than you or whatever. But I think what Jesus is trying to say is you may not particularly care for someone. It's natural. But treat everyone as you want to be treated. So I'll keep on going. And, you know, uh, we, we might have friends doing uh, stupid stuff, you know. We have a particular friend right now. He keeps doing dumb stuff. And, he, you know, we know he's lying to her face. You know, it's like, ugh. You know, you want to try to distance yourself from that. But, and I just came to point where I feel it's okay to listen, but maybe take a step back and offer advice when necessary. Support them when necessary. And keep leading them towards Jesus. And an example of that, and you got to pray for them. And <clears throat> excuse me. 1 John 5, 16 even says this. If you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. I refer to those who sin, whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that you should pray about that. So, I mean, they may be doing stupid stuff and you don't care for them, but, you know, uh, I used to say keep praying, praying for them. And it's... I got Proverbs 25, 21, and 22. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. Um, feeding the enemy would not, it would be very difficult. But by doing that, you show the love of God for them. And being nice to an enemy would no doubt infuriate that person. I mean, they're going to wonder, oh, why are you being nice? You know, th they know you don't like them. They're aware of it. But maybe in turn, by being nice to them, it will make them realize that they are worth being loved. I, I think Jesus even, this is the first thing when Denise said, let's do love your enemies. First story that popped in my head is the Good Samaritan, and I and I'm gonna go ahead and read it. It's uh, Luke ten twenty five to thirty seven. It's it's one of them stories you you always hear growing up as a kid, but the importance of it just gets more and more as we get older, and. It goes like this. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is it written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, 
leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by him on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and he saw him, and he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, I thought it said denali, <laughs> <laughs> and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three robbers do you think was... Which, oh, sorry. <laughs> which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hand of robbers? The expert in law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And, you know, Samaritans and Jews, they really didn't care for each other too much. So that's why it was so important that this guy did things out of, you know, the kindness of his heart, you know. And that's why I think we need to break down walls between people. You know, as I was saying, there's people who have differences and one thing I've always noticed, be it in school, military, just in social situations, that same like the same races seem to sit with the same race. I mean, I maybe that's just, maybe I'm just noticing. I don't know, but we need to shatter that. You know, I I feel I was in an. An example, I like to bring real-life situations into what what I've been experiencing because I think that makes a more of an impact if you have a real-life situation or how I can do that as an example. His last year, I just so happened I bid on another route that's in a different zip code than where I was at, and, and I did get that route, so I said there... You know, and I I was not sure about it, you know. I knew it was going to be a route that was easier than mine, but I really feel later on after I've been on it that that the zip code that I was going to be carrying in was mostly African-American carriers. So, you know, like I said before, they kind of stuck to themselves. And and they sort of kept themselves, to, and but I came in to that zip code in our office, I was always uh, friendly with them, but now I really got to know them, and we became, we've all became friends, and we've knocked down that bridge, you know, and we we sit in our, our, our little area, and we cut it up, we talk about TV shows, you know, we've kind of broke down that barrier, it's not a black-white thing, it's, hey, we're friends here, you know, and it, and to me, it's a real joy now to go to work because we're such a tight-knit group. Because I wasn't afraid to friend someone of a different race because I don't care. I'm, I'm going to friend you anybody. It doesn't really bother me. But we will touch more on that, that subject in a couple weeks. we got a special guest so for Juneteenth. So can't wait to really dive into that situation but i like to show a, no, a couple of other examples of just uh loving your neighbor or just being kind to someone or just 
nice little thing. There was a one day I was <clears throat> delivering mail, and I I started listening to worship music while I was delivering mail in the summertime when I could hear it put in my pocket and whatnot because I don't listen to headphones. So I had a, uh, my cell phone on playing worship music and a, and a, from a distance I seen this black lady on the phone and she didn't know I was there. She didn't hear me because she was on the, you know, obviously having a conversation. And so I let her get to the car and then I was walking up to her her uh, mailbox because I didn't want to spook her and, you know, her your pants or something. But it I evidently spooked her because she heard my music playing and she jumped a little bit and and when she saw me she goes, Oh, I heard her that soft music. I didn't know who was there and I said, Oh, I'm sorry, I just was praising Jesus, you know, I didn't I said, I figured out no better time than when I was at work. She says, Oh good lord, hey, you're speaking my language <laughs> I said <laughs> I, I tell you what, that that made my day, and she that she had the biggest smile. I brought so much joy to her that day, and I was I was happy for the rest of the day. That really made my day. And Friday, this is being like another area of love, I guess you would say. But love isn't like oh I'm in love with you. It's just being kind. I that's how I take it, is being kind. In treating people as you're as you want to be treated, but I was getting some malts from Rural King, and the workers were nowhere to be found. And I pull up to the malt stacks, and there was this elderly lady trying to load malts into her her car, and I came over and I said, "Do you need any help?" And she says, "Yeah, the guy." supposed to come out here and help me but he ain't here and I, I need to get this loaded and I said I'm gonna I'll finish it I'll take care of this so I finished loading her malts in the back of her truck or car before I put it in in my truck so those are my examples I, I do think with our job it's really cool when we take Jesus to work with us because I mean I I'll listen to praise and worship and they they everybody on my route knows I pray for them. If I see that I'm delivering medication to somebody, I'm praying against disease. I obviously don't know what medication it is, but I know it's obviously a pill bottle. So I, I come against any kind of sickness that they may have. Uh, you can tell a lot by the kind of things they get in the mail. You see a bunch of medical bills, then you can assume that there's there's some problems going on. And for me, healing is one of the things I really focus on on praying I don't I mean everybody's got their gift but I think that one must be mine that's the one thing I pay attention to and it may have been 10 years in the medical field working in it that I have that but they come out of their house now when they see me and ask me hey can we pray together I got this going on I've got one older guy who has some disease he says there's no cure for. That's all he would relay to me. But he leaves me updated notes in his mailbox. Letting me know what area to pray for him. And it, it, it's a blessing. It, it really it helps you. But in turn you're helping them. 
but it's good to know that they know they can come to you. I have one little more passage for myself I wanted to share. I Again, when Nisi brought up this topic, I, in one of my devotionals I do, I was going through First First John and I was reading First John 4, and I was like, wow, Jesus is really lining this stuff up, stuff up because I was like, I'm not sure what all I'm going to talk about. And then it's like, that's a, that started, that's what started clicking for me. And then everything started rolling. And I was like, okay. And it's 1 John 4, 7 through 21. God's love and ours. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us, and he sent his Son, an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit and we have seen and testified that Father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they are they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how we love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God, whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must love their brother and sister. And, oh, Holy Spirit just gave me a chill on that one. You see what the world does, though. The world takes that word love and they replace it with tolerance. And we don't have to tolerate ungodly things and that's what this world wants us to do we pray for those things we pray for people that are kind of blinded by the th ways of the world that god bring them back in because there's just some actions that take place in this world that are not what we should be taking place in. some things on tv we should not be watching and they're on network tv I mean, it's not like you got to buy a certain channel for it. It's You can have cable instead of able. Or able instead of cable. Whatever your TV is able to get. But there's there's a lot of things that we should not be partaking in. But tolerance does not mean love. No, I get... I, I always think is you don't have to like someone. Because you're going to have personality differences. You're not going to agree on everything. I mean, there's a lot of people at work. I mean, I don't hate the people, but I just, I can't see myself. I pray go for them. 
I can't see myself going out having a beer with them or whatever. But you don't have to like someone, but you can show respect. And like Jesus says, treat others as you want to be treated. And God makes it perfectly clear. Love your neighbor. And I think, you know, like I said, it's a respect thing. I I wanted, I mean, there's probably people that don't like my sense of humor. I try to make everyone laugh at work, have a good time, because everyone is so darn serious. It's like, come on, we're just delivering mail. You don't have to be serious. Just do your job and enjoy yourself. And every once in a while, people get involved and get a big woo on there when I call out one guy's name, and which is cool. But it's just showing pe- showing love and respect. Like, I, I like that guy, and he knows it. He he doesn't say much, and that's why I do it to kind of get him involved. And he, when I do the his wrestling name, he does get a little smirk on his face. So it it does open him up a little bit, and it gets everyone happy. And it, See, to me, that's showing love and having fun and including people. But there's a couple people I just don't agree with on things, and I just agree to disagree. And I don't put them down or anything. I just just don't associate with them too much. And but don't, but I don't hate them or anything. Just okay, whatever. So, but if he needs things, I mean, I'd help him out. I mean, I ain't gonna. I don't turn anyone down. I mean, being a union steward, I kind of learn to listen and and help others. So. That's all I got. I've got a t-shirt I wear quite often. It says, Jesus loves you and I'm trying. And that's just the best way I can describe it. There's some people that I'm just like, Lord, tell me he's that one's not the one out of the 99. But the reality is they may be. He may leave all of us just for that one. I tell you that the, when you're driving... For 13 hours or whatever doing a long road trip and you got morons on the road nothing more when these people on there will test the Jesus in you I kept saying instead of cussing when we were driving to New Orleans I said you're testing the Jesus in me you're testing the Jesus in me so yeah I get angry when the people you're going at a good speed and that person pulls out in front of you just to make a left turn like next street up you're just like you couldn't wait till I passed by. I mean, there's nobody behind me. About to have a fit of carnality, as Jesse the <laughs> Planet would say. Uh, it that does irk my last nerve. But I just pray, okay, Lord. Obviously, they're in a hurry, so just get them wherever they're going safely. And and maybe that person pulling out in front of me delayed me from something bad happening further down the road. I mean, I remember I was kind of running late to work. One day this week, and a duck decided to cross the road very slowly. It's just like, come on, after a bunch of school buses and stops and waits. And it's just like, well, at least I didn't have a train, because I do cross the train track. So, praise God for that. Well, I'm, I don't have anything else to add, so... Well, on the shed talk this week, I actually did... Remember to do it. Yeah, you. I didn't have to come up with something last a second. 
um, I, I kind of wanted to know what the Bible said about being a reliable and dependable person. I mean, is that biblical? To, I mean, I go to work all the time, sick or not. I, I mean, I, I, I have called off a few times, but I mean, it, it's like, to me, it's, it's my vow to my job to be there. And is that biblical? Well, it is. <laughs> In Matthew 5.37, let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this is evil. And Proverbs 25.19, confidence in an unfaithful man in time of troubles is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. And then Colossians 3.23-24, whatever you do, work at it. With all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as your reward, it is the Lord Christ in you you are serving. So, I guess I'm not employed by USPS, I'm employed by Jesus. And by doing that, that means I need to be faithful in my job. Proverbs 3 three and four is let love and faithfulness never leave you bind them around your neck write them on the tablet of your heart then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man so I'd like to think that I have the favor of God because my word means something I mean if I'm expected to do something then I'm going to do it but I didn't even think about having favor from my boss. But the word says that you will. thought that was interesting. And for ending prayer, if you're ready. And it ain't just her office that has people just don't come to work. I mean, like I was saying earlier, I, I'm a union steward. And I deal mostly with discipline. And the fact that folks just don't show up to work. And it was funny as I was doing what they call PDIs, their predisciplinary interviews. And we had one guy in and he gave the most honest answers I've ever heard in my life. And I was like, I was kind of tickled by that because most of the time these people were just like, uh, I don't know, uh, I'm sick, uh, uh, this guy's like, family. Wanted to see my family. I mean, I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, he's going to get written up, but... I guess he was honest. I mean, I get it. I, I, I kind of respected him for that. Uh, the post office, I've always said, is the one job where your boss can attend your funeral and he will walk up to the corpse in the casket and say, hey, can you come in when this event's over because we really need you. It is... A very demanding job, but there's not a lot of people willing to fill that demand. They take it very lightly and just come to work whenever they want. Leave when they want, do what they want. So if you are looking for a job that you don't have to go to every day and won't get in too much trouble, then post office is for you. Except don't come to my office. I want overtime again. <laughs> 
All right. How about you pray us out? All right. Father, we thank you for guiding our path. Help us with anger. Help us to focus on you and not the dependability of man. Help us to forgive all things. And thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for loving us. May we bless you, Jesus, in our week that we face. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'll see you next week. See you.